she said, handing them to him. Thanks. He grabbed them like a relay runner taking a baton in a race and headed for the front door. Will you be here when I get home on Saturday? She asked his back as she followed him down the hallway. I don't know. I've got a huge day in lab on Saturday. He collected his briefcase, phone, and keys from the hall table. Have a good trip. Give Lydia a hug and kiss for me and try not to battle with her, said John. She caught their reflection in the hallway mirror. A distinguished-looking tall man with white-flecked brown hair and glasses, a petite, curly-haired woman, her arms crossed over her chest, each readying to leap into that same bottomless argument. She gritted her teeth and swallowed, choosing not to jump. We haven't seen each other in a while. Please try to be home, she asked. I know. I'll try. He kissed her, and although desperate to leave, he lingered in that kiss for an almost imperceptible moment. If she didn't know him better, she might have romanticized his kiss. She might have stood there, hopeful, thinking it said, I love you, I'll miss you. But as she watched him hustle down the street alone, she felt pretty certain he'd just told her, I love you, but please don't be pissed when I'm not home on Saturday. They used to walk together over to Harvard Yard every morning. Of the many things she loved about working within a mile from home and at the same school, their shared commute was the thing she loved most. They always stopped at Jerry's, a black coffee for him, a tea with lemon for her, iced or hot depending on the season, and continued on to Harvard Yard, chatting about their research and classes, issues in their respective departments, their children, or plans for that evening. When they were first married, they even held hands. She savored the relaxed intimacy of these morning walks with him before the daily demands of their jobs and ambitions rendered them each stressed and exhausted. But for some time now, they'd been walking over to Harvard separately. Alice had been living out of her suitcase all summer, attending psychology conferences in Rome, New Orleans, and Miami, and serving on an exam committee for a thesis defense at Princeton. Back in the spring, John's cell cultures had needed some sort of rinsing attention at an obscene hour each morning, but he didn't trust any of his students to show up consistently. So he did. She couldn't remember the reasons that predated spring, but she knew that each time they'd seemed reasonable and only temporary. She returned to the paper at her desk, still distracted, now by a craving for that fight she hadn't had with John about their younger daughter, Lydia. Would it kill him to stand behind her for once? She gave the rest of the paper a cursory effort, not her typical standard of excellence, but it would have to do, given her fragmented state of mind and lack of time. Her comments and suggestions for revision finished, she packaged and sealed the envelope, guiltily aware that she might have missed an error in the study's design or interpretation, cursing John for compromising the integrity of her work. She repacked her suitcase, not even emptied yet from her last trip. She looked forward to traveling less in the coming months. There were only a handful of invited lectures penciled in her fall semester calendar, and she'd scheduled most of those on Fridays, a day she didn't teach. Like tomorrow. Tomorrow she would be the guest speaker to kick off Stanford's Cognitive Psychology Fall Colloquium series. And afterward she'd see Lydia. She'd try not to battle with her but she wasn't making any promises.
Alice found her way easily to Stanford's Cordora Hall on the corner of Campus Drive West and Panama Drive. Its white stucco exterior, terracotta roof, and lush landscaping looked to her East Coast eyes more like a Caribbean beach resort than an academic building. She arrived quite early, but ventured inside anyway, figuring she could use the extra time to sit in the quiet auditorium and look over her talk. Much to her surprise, she walked into an already packed room. A zealous crowd surrounded and circled a buffet table, aggressively diving in for food like seagulls at a city beach. Before she could sneak in unnoticed, she noticed Josh, a former Harvard classmate and respected egomaniac, standing in her path, his legs planted firmly and a little too wide, as if he was ready to dive at her. All this for me? asked Alice, smiling playfully. What, we eat like this every day. It's for one of our developers.